0: What is up, Bruin Bible listeners? We have another advertisement for you. We are so lucky to be sponsored by the great people, at Athletic Greens. Uh, I started taking Athletic Greens specifically because I was lacking energy, lacking focus throughout the day, and needed some special pick-me-up ingredients to make things happen in my life. Athletic Greens has done just that. I've become absolutely addicted to the process it has over 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source ingredients, probiotics, adaptogens to make your life easier uh, by doing this during the day. I like to take it to start my mornings off. I like to do it before a workout. It makes you feel energized, focused, and just have a lot more energy throughout the day than I typically expected. Right now, is the, it's the time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every single day. Uh, that's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. Uh, to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to be give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com LAFB. Again, that is athleticgreens.com LAFB to take ownership over your health, and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance, Athletic Greens, a game changer when it comes to your health and your focus and your mindset. Now, to the Bruin Bible. What's up, Bruin Bible listeners? This is your host, Will Decker. Wanted to bring you the sponsors for today's episode, Bet Online, where the gambling starts. I've got a bunch of good bets going on right now. I've got the Lakers making the playoffs. We've got futures bets coming around for MLB Baseball, March Madness is around the corner, NBA Playoffs on the horizon, too. Make sure to check out all of the gambling and all of your gambling needs at Bet Online, where the gambling starts. Make sure to use promo code LAFB to get a little discount. Uh, everything is great on Bet Online. I use it weekly for all my gambling needs. Make sure to check it out. LAFB Gambling, and now to the Bruin Bible. What is up, and welcome to the latest edition of the Bruin Bible. Will Decker, your host. I'm joined by a first-time guest, a guy that I've been following on Twitter. Our guy Sam Connan has kind of passed the baton to this dude as the Daily Bruin face of the football room. He was the first guy that I heard report the DeAnton Lynn story of him becoming the defensive coordinator. My man, Gavin Carlson, uh, a fellow Bay Area native, uh, so I had to get him on here, a fellow Warriors fan. Sorry for all those Lakers fans you know, in the comments section out there. But, yo. Dude, what is going on, man? It's great to, you know, meet you over the Zoom and get you on the Bruin
1: Bible, man. No, I'm really excited to be here. Thanks a lot, Will, for having me. You know, obviously just being a student journalist, it's always nice to get that recognition from from an outside media source like you. And I'm a big fan of what you guys do. I know you've had some great guests on, former players. I saw Eric Kendricks. I saw Quantrez Knight. Uh, so you guys are definitely doing a lot of great things over here. And I'm excited to, to have my crack at it. <laughs>
0: Well, bro, we appreciate you dude. And
1: we'll start with the
0: DeAnton Lynn story. You were the first guy, like I mentioned previously that had the tweet out and I know good reporters, you know, don't reveal their sources, but when did you catch wind that D'Anton Lynn may be the guy? And when were you kind of given the green light that this is, you know, the future of the defense for the Bruins moving forward?
1: Yeah. Kind of right around when, when I sent out the tweet, uh, just kind of heard from a few sources. Like you said, I won't say anything, but um, you know, I got I got some some people inside the building, and um, yeah, just just kind of when I let it out, that's you know you saw it sort of trickle out. Other people had heard about it, and um, and there was a, I think there was a national reporter that might have beaten me to it or whatnot. But um, you know, obviously it's huge news for UCLA. Um, you know, a, a great hire, and and I think we'll talk a lot more about it about what it means for the program to to have someone of his age with that experience, and yeah. and and sort of what he means to the program. But yeah,
0: and man, I am so thrilled to get a guy like DeAnton Lynn because you ask any Bruin fan, what is the Achilles heel of the de- the defense? It's been the secondary since Chip Kelly has been here, and they've really taken just big steps to you know strengthen that unit where there's a lot of talent there. I think Jalen Davies made some serious jumps last year. Devin Kirkwood, you know, highly recruited four star guy. I think he was just kind of at a disadvantage due to lack of coaching in that area. You know, a Kamari Ramsey was the jewel of the 22 class. You know, we get RJ Jones coming in this year from Bosco. We don't have a lot of excuses when, you know, some of the most talented position groups that we have on paper with some of these recruits are four star guys. Right. So I just want to see that, you know, area taken advantage of. And, you know, DeAnton Lynn, you look at just his pedigree, you know, was an intern with Todd Bowles and the Jets, you know, very credible defensive mind. I know the Bucs fans out there aren't going to say that with this year, what Tampa Bay did, but he was a great defensive mind for the Cardinals and the Jets at one point in his career. Rex Ryan, you know, he interned there with the Buffalo Bills, went and, you know, coached with his dad a little bit in the Chargers, and then he went to Houston and he went to the Ravens. So this guy has an NFL pedigree at such a young age, has been around the system. He was actually the head coach of the East and West Shrine Bowl too, so just a lot of credible stuff there. Um, and then you add the fact that Cody Whitefield – you know, a new secondary coach in there as well. Just a young, talented, energetic guy. And this is the first time I've really said this. You know, I'm always kind of the optimist. I thought we had a lot of talent. I thought this was going to be the year where the secondary breaks out, Gav. But I'm really feeling it. This is the best year the secondary is going to be, right, for UCLA football on paper. If these guys come in and deliver, you know, between Whitefield and, uh, you know, our new guy, DeAnton Lynn, What are your expectations with DeAnton Lynn, and, you know, for the fellow students on campus?
1: Yeah, I think I think the hire just checks so many boxes. You know, obviously the first thing everyone's going to go to is the age. I think everyone was maybe you could, in a nice way, say tired of having the older guy kind of run the defense. So the, you know, seeing that thirty-three-year-old tag next to his name is certainly what caught most people's eyes. Um, I just think in terms of. He's got Big Ten knowledge as a former player at Penn State. So, you know, a a staff that's got a lot of West Coast knowledge to have someone who's played in the Big Ten is familiar with everything about playing there. I think Chip's planning for the future with that hire. And you just look at what he was able to accomplish in in a few years. I mean, this guy was just in the NFL combine in 2012. He was trying to get drafted to the NFL. And so for him to transition that quickly to, you know, working up the ranks in the NFL coaching ranks, making a name for himself despite being – a son of an nfl coach uh, i think it's just he checks a lot of boxes it's a real attractive hire for the average fan who doesn't know a lot but also for the fan who really is thinking about the nitty gritties he just checks a lot of boxes and and the last thing i'll say is kyle hamilton with the ravens a, a rookie God, to, yeah to do what he did and obviously you have to give DeAnton lynn a lot of credit for that i think going into december of the nfl season he was the highest graded safety according to pff so you know, T'Anton D- D- Lynn can, uh, can, you know, not only he can coach up someone, he can help someone develop, and that's what you need to do as a defensive coordinator in college. So I'm excited to see what he can accomplish. Like you said, they have the talent. They have the talent more than they've had. Um, Devin Kirkwood, I think I'm going to talk about him later. He's going to – I think he's going yeah. do special things.
0: Yeah, Bruin Bible fans, stay tuned. I'm going to ask my boy Gav over here, who's his breakout players when it's coming to the 2023 season? I'm excited to hear them. He may have just given us a nice special hint there. DeAnton Litt, I'm excited about what's going on there. More big news came out this week. You know, Chip Kelly re-signing with the program. And I think so many UCLA fans were split on him for a long time. And I got it. You know, the the success from the 2018 to the 2020 season was frustrating. As somebody that covered the program, a fan of the program, you name it, we just didn't live up to those potential. But I think – You know, his winning percentage has gone up every single year. We know what we're getting there on offense. And I think the biggest thing for me, Gav, was that he improved in two areas where he drastically needed to improve on. And I think it was the defense. And he's just showing a little bit more face in the recruiting room. I know that's a big complaint amongst the fan base. I personally think what he's doing with the transfer portal is, like, revolutionary you know, what he's able to do. He's, I think he's on the forefront of, you know, acquiring talent in that way, whether it's Zach Charbonnet or Latu or whoever you want to name from those areas. But give me your thoughts on the Chip Kelly extension and how you feel about him as someone that covers the team.
1: Yeah, I think it makes a lot of sense. I think the thing that people need to realize the most is you're about to make a transition to a conference and you need to have a face for recruiting, for stability. You need to have someone that you, at the very least, act like you have the most faith in when you're making that transition and so obviously they're going to try to have the best season they can coming up Um, but I think this is a move for the long term to protect yourself with recruits as you're trying to make this transition to the Big Ten I think he's earned it I mean I know everyone will note the fact that he hasn't played in a conference championship game he hasn't had double digit wins but the record's improved all five years and you know I think it wouldn't make sense to not extend him after that. And it's a very money, money friendly contract. I think the buyout terms are pretty yeah. friendly. Um, so, you know, I think it makes a lot of sense. You give them a year here, obviously, to finish out the Pac-12 reign. You give them at least a year or two in the Big Ten. And then if things don't work out, then you make the hard decision with the buyout terms a little more friendly. But I think it's going to work out. I've, I've been known, at least in my daily Bruin circle, as a Chip Kelly defender. Um, he's an offensive genius. And the offense has been great. So, of course, the defense hasn't. And, of course, some of the hires maybe are somewhat responsible. But at the end of the day, he's an offensive coach that has led a great offense while he's been here, and I think he deserves the extension. I couldn't agree more. And you mentioned some of the buyout terms. I want to just kind of paint
0: that out for the listeners out there. He's going to make $6.1 million in 2023 and 2024, $6.2 million in 2025 through the last year of his contract, 2027. But you mentioned those friendly buyout terms. and there's fears where UCLA is going to have to buy him out if it's that bad. So if it's December of this year, which I don't think anyone anticipates with the program, given how loaded this roster is coming back, it'd be 8.5 million. If it's December of 2024, after that, it's 4.27 million. After that, it's a, they just part ways. There's no payout after that. So it was a very well-structured contract uh, by, you know, the athletic director that just continues to do things the right way, Mr. Martin Jarman. So, tips off to Martin Jarman. I believe Chip's the guy. I just said, give this guy a top 50, 60 defense. It doesn't even need to be special. It just needs to be able to, you know, get a timely stop here and there with that rushing offense. Six nationally in the entire country when it comes to the rushing game. So, you know, Chip Kelly, there's – I've said this many times on the show, and I know the listeners will know. There's not four or five guys I'm taking in college football over the offensive mind of Chip Kelly when it comes to that side of the ball. I mean, this guy – revolutionized the spread offense at oregon and is I'm, I'm excited for what he's going to be able to do with a different type of signal caller and dante more the highest recruit he's ever gotten so we've gotten that uh i want to talk about deshaun foster too getting promoted to associate head coach we released a video this week explaining that he is the best running backs coach in the country given the talent discrepancy he has compared to some of the powerhouse you know teams around the country. What is your thoughts on, uh, you know, Deshaun Foster? Because I believe what he is doing is so underrated nationally and it just needs to have a spotlight on how successful he's been with that, you know, position group and, you know, his mind melding with the likes of a Chip Kelly on this.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's been he's been handed not mediocre but solid talent and turned it into top tier production and turned it into nfl prospects since he's been here i mean i I listened to one of your podcasts talking about the fact that you know zach charbonnet sure he was like the highest recruit of this bunch that's gone and had success for ucla in recent years but he fell out of order at michigan they kind of not put him in the doghouse but they were no longer making him the guy and he comes to ucla and he's the guy again and deshaun foster turns into turns him into arguably the best running back in the country i know people will say John robinson and maybe he's a better draft prospect but in terms of production in terms of what Zach Charbonnet did under Deshaun Foster, I mean, it's one of the best, you know, running backs in the country. You look at what he did with Demetric Felton, who was hardly a running back, really a wide receiver, and turns him into a very productive running back that's had success and got drafted and is a utility player in the NFL. You know, he kind of did similar things with Kaz Allen this past season, a half running back, half receiver, got him, you know, making plays out of the backfield. And I think what he does this upcoming season is going to be something real fun to watch with Carson Steele coming in with TJ yeah. Harden. He's you know, he's and, he, and he's just an ambassador for the program, you know. He's an alum, he he's excelled, excelled and did so much for the football team and so for him to be rewarded, get that promotion and just be a face of the the football program it makes a lot of sense to me and and I think you'll keep seeing his name brought up more nationally and that'll only lead to more recruiting, more talent and more success for the running back room, uh, you know, going forward. Dude, I couldn't agree more. And it's just, it's weird to say a sentence
0: like this when you're losing. You know, my opinion, I thought he was, you know, right up there with the Jamar Gibbs, the Bijan Robinsons, for the best tailbacks in the country. And you couple that with the fact he missed three games. We didn't even get to see the full stat line and what he was able to potentially possess there. I think we actually are going to have a deeper running back room this year than last year. If you look at just the production coming back, a Carson Steele who is, You know, stats-wise, that is a guy that was probably the hottest running back on the portal. If you just look at pure stats, T.J. Harden, I think, is the number one back, though. This guy has it. He is the next guy that I feel like Deshaun Foster has stamped as his NFL running back, you know, going to the next level. What we saw in the Cal game, the Pitt game, you know, just to close that season out, I could not be more excited to see what a guy like T.J. Harden is going to bring to the running back room. And then you couple that with the fact, Keegan Jones, I mean – Yes, he's not perfect out on the football field, but what he can do in the receiving game as a tailback, how many plays did we see last year where it just be a dump off little screen pass to Keegan Jones and he goes 20 to 25 yards? That's such a game-changing element you could add to the running back room. And then I mean, you have the freaking biggest running back I've ever seen with Anthony Atkins coming in from Army, 250 on the ground. I mean, do you agree with that take, Gavin, that this could be the deepest running back room? we've seen at UCLA in you know, two plus decades, probably since Deshaun and Maurice were in the same room together in the early 2000s.
1: I do agree. And I think it's because like you said, there's, there's so many backs. It's the depth is the best it's been in a while, but they all do different things. So, you know, you talk about Keegan Jones being so great catching the ball out of the backfield. TJ Harden, I feel like is the most well-rounded of the bunch. He can run it. He can catch it. He's good between the tackles. He can bounce outside and have that breakaway speed. And then Carson Steele is just going to be an absolute bruiser, I see that guy walking around campus. He is massive. He is massive. And so I think, you know, Chip has shown that he can get players involved in different ways. Like I said, they had to do it with Demetri Felton and Kaz Allen sometimes getting handoffs. These guys are not running backs, you know, by trade. I mean, they're handing the ball off to to Yankoff, right? It's like... Yeah, another guy we didn't didn't, mention too, right? So imagine if you replace that with a guy like Carson Steele. um, And uh, and then I think I agree with you. I think TJ Harden is kind of, kind of runs like deshaun foster a little bit i think like you're gonna see foster take him under his wing and make him like you said his prodigy his next baby that'll ship off to the nfl and and sort of be the joshua kelly uh kind of prodigy um so yeah i I agree it's talent wise depth wise and and versatility wise it's the the best running back room ucla's had in a while for sure
0: absolutely man and we kind of saw it with Harden too in that I mean Alabama State game you know maybe not the top level competition of the Pac-12 you know or different conferences we've seen but Harden had a flash in that game and you're going this kid might be you know you know in line for something special if he continues on this path and lo and behold he just continued to like you know branch out and make plays all around the field Gav I got to come to you with some more personal questions man so what made you want to come to UCLA in the first place? And what were the other schools you were considering as, you know, we are, we are the Bruin Bible, man. We got to figure out what our guy the Daily Bruin is doing right now. What, what made you want to come to Westwood, bro?
1: Well, it's a pretty easy question for me. Um, my mom went here and my oh, sister. Dude. So I'm a, I'm a baby Bruin in my family. Uh, my mom is class of 89. She was here when Aikman was here. Um, And Ooh. so, so, you know, she's, she's, she, you know, she raised me right when I was born. I was the, one of the first things I was taught was, you know, UCLA good, USC bad. Um, <laughs> and, and and we'll teach you everything else about life from there. Um, but yeah, no, my mom went here and then my sister just graduated a couple of years ago. So I was kind of next in line. I was actually supposed to go to Georgetown across the country. Nice, okay. Um, yeah. And um kind of switched last minute. Um my freshman year ended up being, you know, the COVID year. And so I figured, you know, stay closer to home. But also the more I thought about it, I'm like, there's no way I'm not going to UCLA. It's just, you know, it's got everything. And I'm really grateful I did because obviously I wouldn't be here. Daily Bruin wouldn't be covering UCLA football, men's and women's basketball. And um, so, yeah, I mean, you know, an easy answer in terms of, you know, the family roots, but definitely glad that that's the decision I ultimately made. Because like I said, I was supposed to be in D.C. in the snow covering You know, a struggling basketball team and a hardly D1 football team. So definitely glad to be here instead. Yeah, from a sports standpoint, it's amazing. I mean, you couldn't really go wrong
0: between those two. I lived in D.C. for a hot second. So Georgetown's a beautiful campus. You got to love it out there. But man, once you get those sunny days in December, man, I know you would have been regretting it out in D.C. I know you would have. Shout out to the Carlson family, too. You guys have raised an awesome young man. Uh, Dude, I got to get the breakout players for next year for you. This is kind of the fun exercise we had discussed prior to this podcast. And let's start on the offensive side of the football. I want to hear some of your breakout players, and I want to get some reasoning behind. What, what makes these guys stand out to you guys on campus, and who are you guys excited about? You, I mean, you mentioned stuff that we don't get to see on the outside now. You're seeing Carson Steele. He's huge now. That makes me feel better about him, you know, taking 20 to 30 carries. Give me some of your breakout players man because I think you guys have the inside scoop more so than a lot of people do.
1: Yeah, I think there's some young guys and there's some transfer guys that, you know, maybe UCLA fans aren't familiar with yet. Um in terms of the, the young guys on offense, we talked about TJ Harden. We don't got to get too much further into that one. Yeah. I think he's going to be one of the three four best running backs in the conference. Um, you know, obviously we talked about the coaching pedigree that he'll have you talked about the Cal game. That was his breakout game. He was getting a very important carries. Um, that game ended up being a lot closer than it probably should have been. Um, and, and they trusted him. Obviously Zach was out and, and he got the job done. So TJ Harden is the simple answer. Um, I'm going to talk about J. Michael Sturdivant coming Ooh, yes. from Cal. Uh, we were at that game and obviously he's not, He's, he's still young, you know, freshman year, he had 65 catches, almost 800 yards, seven touchdowns. Um, and he's just got this skill set that you can, you can tell is, is going to be, it's going to work, whether it's Dante Moore, whether it's someone else, he's just got that deep playability. He can go track down a ball with the best of them. And it's hard, it's hard to do that as a freshman, because you're usually, you know, coming from high school, you're undersized, you're inexperienced, you might be a little weaker than your, your opposition. And, you know, he had, a, he had a deep ball against UCLA that was a wide-open 45-yard touchdown, but then he had a couple contested ones. He had this beautiful catch against Oregon where he's they throw the ball deep and he's falling to the sideline, and he, and he makes like a basket catch on the sideline. I think he's so talented. I think he was the highest rated transfer that UCLA got in terms of uh, 24-7 sports at least. I think he's going to be UCLA's number one receiver, and that might be a hot take given some of the guys that are coming back. Cam Brown, Titus coming back obviously bringing in Kyle Ford as well. But I think I think Sturdivant is going to be something special for UCLA offensively. So in terms of the offensive breakouts, those two. And then, I, you know, we talked about Carson Steele as well. Rarely yeah. can say there's two breakouts in the same running back room, but we know how Chip operates. We know that he's going to get multiple guys involved. And I wouldn't be surprised if Carson Steele's leading the team in touchdowns. You know he's going to get the ball in the red zone at the goal line. I think I think those three are probably the biggest guys on offense you want to look out for to, to make those next steps or to make the name a name for themselves in Westwood coming over from other schools.
0: Dude, I think you're spot on. And we'll touch on some of these guys. So Sturdivant, I'm so glad you brought him up because this guy is built like an outside receiver, 6'3" frame, 205. Yeah. But the thing that blows me away is this the track speed, man. You mentioned wide open. That wasn't by accident. I mean, he sped right past these defensive backs yeah. i think bruce feldman had a tweet you know a few months ago where he was like this guy runs like a 10 2 you know 100 meter or you know 200 meter whatever it may be that is like in the upper echelon of you know track speeds as well when he did that in high school so i mean my, like we're gonna have just a a speed guy out there i think that's so important because you look at you know the guys returning to the receiving room we're without a guy like kaz allen who was you know, for my money, maybe the fastest guy in the pack 12 last year, if you're really breaking it down. So, yeah. you know, we have, you know, the precise route running of a TMA or, you know, a cam Brown, they're not, there's, they have speed, but they're not the level of athlete that, you know, a J. Michael Cervant is in terms of the Ferrari of the garage, where he's just going to break out in the open, you know, the, the open roads and just get open and get some tutties for us, man. And then TJ Harden goes without saying, man, and that pit game was so beautiful, even though we lost, that game in the worst fashion possible. That last drive really showed me something. When we were push came to shove, we had to give the rock to our best player on the field. And it was TJ Harden by a mile. So I love those two picks, man. We got to go to the defensive side of the ball, Gav. Who are you going with for your defenders that you're excited about for UCLA next year?
1: Yeah, I'll go back to the transfer portal. Like you said, Chip Kelly kind of revolutionizing. The transfer portal and and almost prioritizing that over high school recruits. Jordan Anderson, the the safety transfer oh. from Bowling Green, I think it'll be interesting to see with the new coach that obviously he you know Anderson decided to come before D'Anton Lynn was here. So we'll see how that affects things. But I I remember you know we we had to do some Bowling Green studying just because obviously UCLA played them, and you know he stood out. He stood out, um, and so I think he's got the the intangibles. I think he hes he, he just kind of screams off tape when, when you watch a, a team like bowling green where you can tell they're outmatched in most of the games they play to see a, a rare guy that no he looks like he belongs against these power five teams that's usually hard to see you know coming from these lower level teams so i think jordan anderson you know it's it's a talented defensive back group it might be hard for him to get tons of playing time but another guy that was a four star ranked transfer um and yeah you know, i think he was second or third amongst the the 24 7 rankings in terms of coming over for to ucla so i think that's a fun fun one to look at we're going to go to devin kirkwood i know i brought him up earlier yeah. i think he is the breakout for ucla next year he he just you can see the talent it's there it, you know he's got the body you want for a corner he's 6-3 but he's still quick he's still agile that's pretty rare and you saw you know his freshman year, he had that game-clinching interception against Washington. He's got that dog in him that you want from a corner, and I think you need someone to bring that out, uh, bring that out of him. Sometimes, you know, last year I think was a little bit more up and down than you would have expected after the freshman year he had. But I think with the new coaching staff, with now being an upperclassman having experience, I think Devin Kirkwood is going to be the leader of what should be a really talented and improving, you know, defensive back group with the new coordinator with the new position coach so I guess those are the two I'm really looking at the most and didn't even talk about Jalen Davies like you said another great defensive back you've got two four-star freshman corners coming in so there's going to be competition and that's another thing you need competition in position groups in order to really push your starters to be the best and also to have that depth in case someone goes down or in case someone's struggling so I think it's going to be a really exciting year for the defensive backs and especially for Devin Kirkwood and for Jordan Anderson.
0: I love both those picks, man. And Kirkwood, you know, I think Davies may go down as, you know, like probably the best collegiate corner we've had, you know, in terms of stats wise, every, I think he has a chance to be all Pac-12 first team next year. I think mm-hmm. that's a realistic thing for Davies. Yeah. Probably seems like Darnay Holmes, you know, Holmes was a high draft pick, you know, from UCLA. I think Davies can maybe do the same, but nobody has the ceiling of a, you know, Devin Kirkwood in this room. You mentioned the size, the agility he, how fast he can get out of his breaks at that size. That's just something you can't teach. So if he's coached up the right way, and lo and behold, we got the NFL coach we want from the secondary, DeAnton Lynn. We got Cody Whitefield, a very young, great assistant coming in there. I like those picks. I got two other guys for you that I think you may like, uh, Gav. Uh Oladijo, Cal linebacker mm-hmm. transfer. Yeah. Like what I see from him, you know, he had close to, a, you know, 90 to 100 tackles last year. He had 18 against UCLA alone. It was pretty much a battle against, you know, Harden or Charbonnet, you know, going against Oladijo on every given snap. So I really like what this guy can bring to the table. And, man, I mean, I think one of the more underrated coaching hires was Ken Norton Jr., man. You know, mm-hmm. just what able he was bringing to the linebacking room. Yeah. We saw the jump last year with John John Bonds. You know, this guy could be a two-sport athlete. You know, look, look at what he's doing on the baseball diamond right now. He's killing it. He's yeah. killing it. So I think Oladijo's great. And what gave me a lot of confidence in the bowl game was not a lot of great stuff going on. And I think the sleeper that a lot of people are sleeping on. We have multiple USC transfers on this roster. Believe it or not. Jay Toya, man. Jay Toya, 12 total tackles in the pit game, three tackles for a loss. We really need someone to kind of step up in that middle of the trenches. You know what I mean? We have the Murphy twins on the outside. We got Latu, who's probably the best pure defensive end we've had in a very, very long time for UCLA. So if Toya can step up and maybe doesn't need to do that every game, but he can be the threat of doing that every game, that is such a big jump. So those are the two guys I have on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, What do you think about those picks, Gav?
1: Yeah, the the Toya one is a great call because I think he's going to have a ton of opportunity. Like you said, the depth there is – maybe a little shaky. So he's gonna be the guy. Um and I think like you said, he he showed flashes in that bowl game. And you know, he's coming back. He's got the experience now. He's got a you know a great, great motor, you can tell. Um, and I just think mainly the opportunity is going to be there, right? Some some of these other positions he's talked about the edge being so strong now with La Two and and for him to kind of hold the middle Jay Toya. I think he he's gonna be out there for 80, 90, 80% of snaps, something like that. I mean, you know, a rough number, but he's going to have a real opportunity to make a name for himself. And I love the Oladijo call too. I think, like you said, Ken Norton Jr. The, 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 the pos- position coaches for UCLA are really starting to become, you know, equal to, to the level this team wants to get to. I think so many people love to just talk about the head coach and look at the wins and say, well, Chip Kelly – Chip Kelly's UCLA team won this many games and just leave it at that. But so much of it comes down to the position coaches. And I think he's Ken Norton's really going to work well with a guy like De'Anton Lynn. They're so different in terms of age profile, but they're so similar in terms of NFL experience. And obviously Ken Norton's about as accomplished as they come. Um, but I think they're really going to work well, and I think he's done a great job with the linebackers. You talked about John John Vaughn. The guy's not even really a football player, right? He's he's a stud on the baseball diamond. So for you to be able to take talent like that and develop it, I think he'll do the same with Oladijo. So those are two great calls. It, it, I think the defense, you know, you, you don't want to say they can only go up from here, but that's kind of how it feels, and I think they will. I think they showed flashes towards the end of the season. And I think with an off season with the new coaching staff, they'll be able to accomplish great things, uh, you know, next season. Dude, I couldn't agree more. And I'll leave you with one final piece
0: before we leave and I'll break it down. Schedule for next year. It's already out. We know that. And we look at all the talent we have returning on the defensive side of the ball. I'm expecting a jump on the defensive side of the ball. I'm expecting the combination of runners in the running back room To be good, you know, good enough to make plays, I am a little worried about the offensive line and what they were able to lose, especially on the interior. You know, what Mafi did, what Duke Clemens did, it's going to be very hard to replace. However, I think for a young quarterback, and presumably it's going to be Dante Moore, I don't want to give him the job immediately because Garbers came back. You know, Colin Schlee transferred here for a reason after being a starter at D1. You know, Justin Martin was a highly recruited quarterback. He stayed. You know, so, I mean, there's just a lot of court talent in that quarterback room. I don't want to just give him the job. He's going to have to earn it. But presumably if he is the guy, which I think a lot of us believe once training camp gets through, he may be that you look at just how many receiving options this guy has yeah. at his disposal, you know, Maliki Matava, we didn't even get into him, you know, just the tight end coming down from Oregon. Carson Ryan showed some flashes last year before he got hurt. You know, and just some of these other dudes, you know, Logan Loya, Cam Brown. These are just veterans, you know, guys that can make plays. Kyle Ford, you know, coming over from USC is a big one. Yeah. And then the defense, and you look at that, it's like we don't have to play Bo Nix, who, you know, I think he really shifted college football in terms of his opinion last year because him at Auburn was brutal to watch. I don't know any other way to say it, you know. but I think he's a legitimate Heisman candidate next year as well as Penix, you know, junior up north in Washington. I think there's a chance we can get to 10 or 11 wins next year, man. I think it's a crazy statement, but if that defense is just good enough and I think we have the talent to be way better next year as a, an entire 11-man unit, and let's say Dante's is advertised with the talent around him, 10 or 11 wins, I think I'm going with that, maybe even leading into a bowl game, which is even more absurd. Gavin, tame down my optimism. That's what I, that's what I wanted to hear for in the first place. I'm very excited about the Bruins next year, and I think we got a chance to do some special things.
1: I, I'd i love to tame down your optimism, but I'm not going to. I, I agree. I think, like you said, you don't have to play Oregon, you don't have to play Bo Nix, and you don't have to play Washington and Michael Penick. So you instantly cross out two of the three probably best teams in the conference other than UCLA, and then that other team will mention, I guess, USC. Um, yeah. But, you know, obviously what coming into that rivalry game against USC this past season, it was a monumental game. It lost some of the shine with that Arizona loss. But this season, I think UCLA-USC is going to have that same sort of shine around it of this is a marquee game. These are going to be two teams ranked in the top 15, top 10 maybe. Um, I agree that you know UCLA's got a friendly schedule. If they can handle business in the first three games out of conference, they should be fine. And you've got a big game against Utah to open up Pac-12 play. And I think we'll learn a lot about if it's Dante, he'll have those three games to get used to college football and then it's like that Utah game is going to be circled on your schedule. as If Dante Moore looks like the real deal against a Utah team in Utah that always has a great crowd, always has a great defense, if he looks the part there, then you can start talking about, like you said, double-digit wins for the first time in Chip Kelly's era and uh, a legit bowl game. I know there's a sour taste in the mouths of a lot of UCLA fans after the way last season ended, but I think the Dante Moore recruiting helped eliminate some of that and i think we'll, we'll we'll probably see him and i think that'll be a successful season as a result so i'm not going to temper down your expectations i'm with you i think it's being the big things ahead in the last season in the pack 12 for ucla i love it man
0: gavin carlson from the daily Bruin, guys give him a follow what are your social handles uh so they can follow up
1: yeah just on twitter it's at gavin carlson db and um you know that's my my Daily Bruin journalist Twitter and then mainly just you know read Daily Bruin. We we do a lot of great stuff and like we said you know student journalism kind of gets put on the back burner sometimes. But we promise we're working just as hard as any quote unquote professional journalist would be. Um, I was just in Vegas covering the UCLA women's basketball tournament. We have a, a great team going to cover the men's tournament in Vegas this upcoming week. And so you know give us a chance as student journalists and. And yeah, Gavin Carlson DB on Twitter for myself. So and thanks a lot for having me, Will. It was a lot of fun. You know, like I said, I really appreciate you you giving me the time and and it was a lot of fun. So really appreciate it. Dude, of course. You came in here like a seasoned vet, man. So we're gonna have to
0: have you on here in the near future. Mr. Gavin Carlson, Bruin Bible, we are officially out. You guys have a good one and go Bruins as always.